It's so good to be back to pray with you. Hey, our first chaplet together in the new year. How do you like that? It's 2022. Oh, man. Where does the time go? It flies, doesn't it? We've been through COVID and uh, saw what happened in 2020. 2021 is a blur. And let's just pray for this new year for you. You know, I don't know what God has in store for you. There's probably great opportunities coming your way. Probably some crosses that you're going to have to bear, too. So let's pray for the fortitude to carry our crosses. Let's pray for the ability to discern God's holy will in our life and for the grace and the obedience to submit ourselves to it. Carry those crosses as long as God wants us to, but also to have the faith and the trust to be liberated from some of those, to see the fruit of our prayers. So we'll pray. If you are on hold, I'm going to do my best to get you on. Maggie's going to be praying the chaplet with me today. She'll also be checking out our Twitter. So if you didn't get through on the phones and you want to go ahead and just put an intention online, feel free to do that. It's at uh, Drew Mariani Show. That's our Twitter handle, at Drew Mariani Show. We'd love to have you there. couple quick intentions. Um, I've got a colleague here. His name is Jim, and his wife is going through some serious health situations right now. And he had uh, asked me a little bit earlier, sent me a text um, to please pray for her. And my heart goes out to him. Um, and it's, they're a beautiful family. His wife has been battling cancer. Her name's Aaron. Uh, but she's been in the hospital since Wednesday. She's lost 15 pounds and was already a very thin uh, woman. She lost 15 pounds in a week and a half, he says. So that's not a healthy weight loss. That's unbelievable weight loss, in fact. So it's been really rough. They got young kids. They just moved. So it's it's just really hard on him. And she was scheduled for a procedure today. And She's weak. Her heart rate's going up. So he's really concerned. I told him we'd pray. All right? So I, I'm so glad to reach out to you and to do that. I, I want to pray for a friend of mine, um, Her name is Gloria. Her husband is also having health problems. I spoke to her and for her daughter who may have some aneurysms and for a Dr. Nalini who I uh, have had the great pleasure of recently spending some time with talking to. I want to pray for an attention she has, praying for the FDA to inform. She says all of the patients in heart surgery trials uh, to receive the proper health care. So we will go ahead and do that. And for the uh, Niffin family, special needs for their son, Michael, who died on New Year's Eve from cardiac complications. Those are some of the ones that were handed to me to pray for today. Um, but I also want to pray for the souls of a number of people who God has called home. You know, we think about this. We don't know the day or the hour. I shared in the beginning of the, the show today about those wildfires that, bizarre, in December in, in Colorado, right? Thousand homes destroyed. No loss of life, thank God. But since you and I spoke last, think of the people that God has called home who the world knows. I mean, you, you got Betty White died just two weeks short of, of you know, her 100th birthday, this famed, you know, star and entertainer. She was beloved for, for you know, just the wonderful sense of joy she had. Um, Harry Reid, he is, of course, the former um, Democratic Senate majority leader. He died at 82. And if you watched any of the NFL over the weekend, uh, you've seen the tributes being Madden, the NFL Hall of Fame coach. He died at 85. Uh, I want to pray in a special way for Sarah Weddington. You may not know that name. She argued in favor of legal abortion in the case of Roe v. Wade. She was the attorney in that landmark case. Weddington was just 26 when she argued that case that legalized abortion. It was her first appearance before the high court. God called her home, called her to stand before him, at the age of 76, and she represented uh, 
uh, Norman McCorvey in that case. Of course, we know that McCorvey later converted to the pro-life cause. But Weddington, she maintained her support for abortion. Now, God's merciful in our prayers will, uh, I think, be very powerful uh, in, in praying for her. So let's let's bring her before the, the Lord as well. Um, you know who else died? I just saw two. Not, well, Desmond Tutu, you probably have known about him. He died right after Christmas. Uh, he died at 90. In fact, Pope Francis sent his condolences for the death of uh, you know, Bishop Tutu. He was an Anglican archbishop and a very famous anti-apartheid uh, leader. He, he died, um, you know, uh, he, well, he was, I think he was also a Nobel Peace Prize winner. I think he won it in 84. But God called him home. Um, and then, of course, the uh, speaking of the NFL, too, I didn't mention Dan Reeves. He died at 77, former Broncos, Falcon, Giant coach, Dan Reeves. So, And, and the list goes on. I mean, there are probably many others that... But we don't know the day or the hour. Let's pray for our loved ones that God is calling home or that he has called home or that he will in the not too distant future. Maggie, it's good to pray with you today. Thanks for joining me. Is there anything you want to lift up as we start today? Good to be here with you, Drew. Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned Jim and his wife, Erin, because they've been on my my heart lately. Um, She's really sick. So I I just want to mention them again, that we might lift them up, that she might... um, experience some healing and recovery. Um, and then I also wanted to pray for, um, there's a, a sportscaster out of Chicago that passed away this, this weekend. Um, his name is Jeff Dickerson and his, he was a young guy. He was in his forties. Um, his wow. wife had passed away. I think it was last year from cancer and their 11 year old son is now left, uh, orphaned. And uh, I found out that they that an aunt or a family member had started a GoFundMe page for uh, this young boy, and they just wanted to help cover costs of education and and housing for him for the you know till he was eighteen. I think the last I saw, there over a million dollars for this young oh man. So, yeah, um, just prayers for the Dickerson family and and for everyone that's mourning that loss. It's like, what price can you put on the loss of both a mother and a father? And again, it goes back to what I always say. We don't know when God's going to call us home. And these, uh, 42 years old, did you say? 40s, yeah. early 40s? Yes, that's early crazy. 40s. And the, wife, and the wife had to be probably the same age or younger, mm-hmm. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, how sad. I mean, yeah. we don't know. And then, of course, over the holidays, you hear about tragic accidents that happen to people. And let's just, we'll bring all these souls to God. That's what this chaplet's about. You know, the Lord gave it to Faustina and gave her a mission also to pray for the sick and the dying. Uh, with us. So let's do that right now. We'll begin as we do every day in the name of the Father. You know, before we start, can you pray for me too? Um, you know, the, the the Mariani household got hit with some COVID over the holidays. So it was tough. Um, I actually got tested today. I don't know what the results are, but I, I've been really under the weather. And um, it's kind of a slog getting through today, but um, I'm praying that I'm healthy. <laughs> My test will come back negative. My wife did get COVID. And um, I just want to, uh, she's better today, but boy, she was out from Christmas Eve practically to the new year. So I just pray for her health. And uh, if you could pray for me too, I'd, I'd be grateful for that. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You expire, Jesus, but the source of life, it gushed forth for souls and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. 
the blood of water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right, our first call today comes from Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Uh, Angela is praying with us there. Hi, Angela. Hi, good afternoon, Drew. Thank you for your Hi. ministry and for taking my call. I'm asking for prayers for my father, Seraphim. He has um, advanced stomach cancer. He's been in the hospital since before Christmas with a blood clot, a stomach bleed, and liver obstruction because of the cancer. And he's getting radiation to his stomach right now. Um, he should be going for his treatment right now to try and control the bleeding. Um, our family, we're just asking for a miracle to get him stable enough so he can restart chemo so we can have more time with him. Um, and, of course, we always pray for a complete healing as only God can provide. Um, he's also away from the sacraments, so I'm always praying for his deeper conversion um, so he can really realize the beauty of our Catholic faith. Um, he's been very touch-and-go over the last few days, and our family has been unable to visit because most of us have COVID-19. Um, and also, I would like to ask for prayers for my friend Megan, who lost her battle with cancer at the age of 26 a few days oh, ago. No. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's so sad. But thank you, tragic. and God bless everything it that is. you and Relevant Radio do. Thank you, Angel. You know, I, I, you know, as you were talking, I, I'm sitting here right next to my microphone as a first-class relic of Saint Faustina that I have here, and I, when I'm praying the chaplet with it, I'd love to just have that next to me. But you know, who I want you to call upon. I mean, you're in Massachusetts. Um, I, I don't know how far you are from Stockbridge. If you ever have a chance to, uh, Father Seraphim Michalanka, who is the vice postulator for the cause of Saint Faustina's, you know, beatification and canonization, is buried there right on the grounds. I think he is a powerful intercessor. Uh, call upon him. Just pray. If you can visit his grave at some point, great. But, but if not, ask him. He, you know, your father has his name as well. And I know, like Faustina, he's going to be interceding in a powerful way. I, I really believe Seraphim was a very special priest, and I believe that uh, God hears his prayers in a powerful way. I've turned to him already several times for some answered prayers. So I'm going to pray for your dad now, and for your family, and for all those intentions. But uh, do that. Call upon Father Seraphim. And uh, actually, St. Faustina, some speculate, um, he may have even you know, been recorded in her diary. She talked about a man who had spread devotion, helped the Divine Mercy devotion become known worldwide. He had the initials SM, Seraphim Michalanko. And many people believe it was him. He translated the diary, was there for the causes that led to her canonization, was there for the first miracle. 
So I, he's a powerhouse. Lord, I, I just I bring Angela now and all these intentions, her heavy heart. We pray for those who are approaching death, those who are battling life-threatening illnesses. We pray for those you've already called home. And I, I just bring to you everyone who's praying with me right now. Give us your comfort. Give us your love. Shower us in your mercy. Hear the prayers of the hearts and the cries of your faithful as we turn to you. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right let's go to Araceli she's praying in Queens New York hi Araceli good afternoon Good afternoon, Drew. Thank you for having me. Uh, I just want to start off by praying for you and your family and Thank also you. giving thanks for the ministry. I want to put in prayer uh, my friend's brother who is on life support. Never, you know, he lived his life pretty much in jail. Not a godly um, person at all. So I want to pray for his, for his mercy, for God's yeah. mercy, um, and for his mom, you know, who yeah. pretty, you know, who's devastated. What's going on with her son? Um, and I also want to pray for the callers that didn't get in, I'll get through. I want to pray for their intentions and for the liberation and restoration of my nephew who battles with addiction and has been battling it since the early teens. And, and anyone out there battling addiction, just that yeah, God, uh, God liberates them in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, I'll, I'll re-echo that in the name of Jesus. We, we call upon that. Araceli, thank you. Two things here. Uh, one, I've seen the power of the prayer of the chaplet, as I've shared many times, to break addiction. And we'll certainly pray for that. Um, as I've, I've got a loved one I know um, who is, struggles with it and just want to pray for their healing as well. And um, uh, I want to pray for the soul that, you know, is on life support right now and is away from God or we may not know where he is. You know, St. Faustina recorded in her diary that the greater the sinner, the Lord told her, the greater the right that he has to his mercy. In fact, that sinner has, that has a right before all others. You know, the Lord just, he's so merciful. He wants to shower his grace and his mercy upon that soul. And this prayer moves the heart of God. He refuses nothing to those of us who, who pray it. So um, I, I just, I, I just, let's just pray for his conversion. What happens between this side of life and, and the next between his consciousness and, and unconsciousness, that's between him and God. Um, but let's put him in the hands of the Lord. Let's trust in God's mercy right now. And Lord, I do pray for all those battling addictions, those who are addicted to alcohol, those who are addicted to drugs, those who are addicted to sex. I want to pray for those who have compulsive behaviors and are gambling, overeating. I want to pray for those who are self-mutilating, who are cutting, who are, you know, injuring themselves in other ways. Lord, I pray for those with suicidal ideations. I want to pray for those who are depressed. Lord, I want to pray for those with anxiety right now. I just give to you all those struggles that so many people have. And I bring you these souls. I ask for your healing as we pray. And I ask for your liberation from these, these, these elements, whatever the cause may be. 
Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right maggie uh i'll take mary then if you have any twitter intentions i'll grab you mary's praying in austin texas mary good afternoon Good afternoon, Drew. I'm calling to wish you all a Happy New Year. And I'm pretty sure this year is going to be a blessed year, especially for you because you you do a lot for us. And I'm calling for prayers because I got rheumatism arthritis in my knees. Mm -hmm. And the doctor can't give me nothing no more because it was damaging my kidneys. So I'm in a lot of pain, and that's why I'm calling for prayers. All right. Well, let's do this, Mary. Let's pray for you. I know I have a, a colleague I work with here at the network who has RA, is rheumatoid arthritis, and it is the debilitating, um, uh, you know, the ailment, if you will, or disease. Uh, but, you know, it's. I was thinking about this earlier as I was spending a little bit of time with the Lord. There's nothing that's too big for the Lord. There's nothing. You know, there's not a thing. He raised the dead, right? He could heal in an instant. And the Lord said to St. Faustina, I'll never give you anything beyond your strength. And don't be afraid of what will happen to you. He says, know that, that the power of my grace is all that you need. And Lord, right now, I pray for Mary. I've prayed before on this air. And Lord, in your mercy, through, through, through the power of this chaplet, you have healed women with osteoporosis. You know, we've seen miraculous healings. I ask from this moment forward, the degenerations he's experiencing stops. And I pray for total and complete healing. I pray for all those with arthritis, all those with the rheumatoid arthritis. And I pray for anyone with debilitating diseases. Lord, I bring those souls to you now. And Maggie, who else do we have to pray for in this decade? Uh, Nina wrote to us. She said, please pray uh, for my family. Um, she apparently is experiencing some uh, abusive situations. She says, please pray for anyone who goes through abuse and, and that they might be protected from it. Mm-hmm. Um Loretta's asking for prayers for her 21-year-old nephew, Sean, who had surgery to remove a cancerous tumor from his skull. Um, they're, they're waiting for pathology results, and um, they're just praying that, that this can be beat. Um, we had a number of people write to us about jobs and, and searching for their new career after that last segment that we had. So let's pray for everyone to be able to, to put their feet in the right the right shoes, <laughs> the Amen. right job. I like that. Uh, and then we've got um, CB's asking for prayers for her dad who has uh, liver issues and was admitted to the ER yesterday. Wow. And, and she's also asking for a financial miracle. Amen. Let's pray for all those attentions. I know a lot of people are probably seeking those financial miracles and healings as well. So Lord, we give you the temporal, the physical, the spiritual. We give you all those needs as we pray. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right. Next call comes from Ronnie, praying in Westchester, Illinois. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. I, I wish you a happy uh, New Year, and I, I pray Amen. that you will be well and your family will be well from Amen. this COVID. And um, my prayer intention today is for my um, my sister Lillian and her husband Jerry, who are both um, struggling with COVID right now in the hospital. They mm. went in about a week ago. Uh, they've been married for 52 years, so it's kind of wow. uh, awful that they're separated from each other right now in the hospital, and they all, uh, both have... Um, some other medical issues which are complicating things. And Jerry right now has a white, uh, elevated white blood count, so we're all a little concerned that um, um, for, for his healing right now, for both of their healing from, from this COVID and for their recovery. So I appreciate them. the prayers of your listeners. You got for it, their Ronnie. Intentions. I would pray for you too. I know you didn't voice anything personally, but... We'll lift them up, and I want to pray for your needs, whatever they may be. But we do pray for Lillian, her sister, and her husband in the hospital. Lord, I pray for an end to COVID. I knew this was coming. I knew prior to Christmas, and I said it. I think January is going to be a brutal month with Omicron spreading and and uh, how communicable it is, and how people's guards are down. And you know, Lord, I just I pray for anyone going through it right now for complete protection and healing especially those who are most vulnerable, the elderly, those with comorbidities. And I just bring you these souls. I bring them before the foot of your cross. We pray for your will to be done, but we pray especially for your mercy. I pray for healing, moving forward for these souls as we pray. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, my Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrow. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Let me see if I can grab two intentions here. I know we're getting close on time, but let me go to Phoenix first. Frank, good afternoon. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, good afternoon, Drew. Uh, thank you for your ministry. You. Uh, real quick, like my wife of 40 years died last Thursday. Oh. And oh, she, Frank, I'm sorry. Uh, she had received the, she'd received the last rites, and they took God. the uh, tube out of her. Uh, she was in ICU, and the nurse said that 
it could be an hour, it could be several hours before she passed. We started praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. At the end of the first decade, she just peacefully died. First of all, my heart breaks for you. I, I can't imagine losing my spouse, especially after 40 years. So, Frank, know, know how deeply I am moved by what you're going through. But what a joy and blessing to know that she went into the arms of Christ. Because you know, I know you know this. That's why you were praying it. The Lord promised that whoever prays this prayer at that hour, he will come and be not a just judge but a merciful Savior. And you know she's in a much better place. And I know you will be perfectly united with her again one day. You'll be in that loving embrace right. where you can love. And the, other blessing, the yeah. other blessing was was that our son and daughter were with us. Oh, praise God. And they have strayed from the faith. Yeah. But this may, may give them an impetus. Sorry for yeah. interrupting. No, no, Frank. You know, I... I I'm sure it will. You know, it's it's not always our words, it's our actions. And it's moments like that where I think souls are drawn closest to God. You keep praying for your, your you know, those children of yours. They'll come back. I'm convinced of that. I know your prayers are powerful. And my heart goes out to you in this time of loss and suffering. But I, I found great comfort. My father, the same thing happened. He was dying of cancer. And I was at his bedside with my mother and my sisters. And, and uh you know, when they took him off, we prayed the chaplet and the rosary, the chaplet and the rosary, the chaplet and the rosary. We just kept going back and forth. And, you know, the Lord promised a, a beautiful death for those who, you know, who the prayer was prayed for. And it comforts me. And, 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 you know, we should be praying every day for those who are dying. And Lord, I do. I pray for that in this very hour for anyone you're calling home now, anybody who you're calling home unexpectedly, for our loved ones who've gone before us who did not have those prayers. I also pray for the hour of her own death. Let me sneak one last calling because I just see Bo online here. Looks like he's in a tough situation. Let's see if we can't get some prayer for him. Bo in Chicago land. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Drew. Thanks for hey. you know teaching me about the chaplet and everything that you're doing for for the faith. Um, I just want to ask for prayers for for my my wife um, for putting up with me and my my actions for so many years and just hope that we can mend our broken marriage and make it right for us and our children. Wow. How many years are you married? Uh, 12 years. Oh, wow. Well, look, I, I believe, uh, Bo, if you pray, and I, and I believe if your marriage is sacramental, um, that the Lord is going to hear these prayers because there's a grace that comes in that ma- that sacrament. The Lord promised. He said this to St. Faustine, anything you ask of me in virtue of this passion will be granted if it's according to my will. And I'll tell you what, the Lord wants that marriage. Uh, he, wants to, he wants it to survive. He wants it healthy. He wants you united. You know, what he has united, nobody can put asunder, right? So let's pray with that type of faith. Let's pray that your wife's heart will soften, that there'll be true conversion in the relationship between the both of you, and that you can start a new chapter and be a witness to the beauty of marriage and to forgiveness, okay, to mercy. So I'm going to pray for you now, and I want to pray for all marriages that are going through difficult times where there's infidelity. I received a very moving email over the holidays from a woman whose husband has not been, well, totally faithful to her. And... But I, I just ask for your mercy. I give you everyone on hold, everyone united to me. We trust in you. We trust in your promises. We pray, Eternal Father. 
we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Faustina, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, pray for us. Saint Peregrine, pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko, Pray for us. Father Seraphim Michalenko. Pray for us. And all you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash forester. We're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. And then this thing happened and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens. And that is what's happened here. Now there's ways to get out of it. We're sick as a society and we have to heal ourselves. And one of the things we have to do is come together. We have to recreate our social bonds. We have to buy into integrity, the importance of human dignity, and the importance of community. That's how we get out of this. It's got to start with us, all of us. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Amen to that. That was Dr. Robert Malone, an immunologist and a virologist whose research helped bring about the mRNA vaccines. He's been speaking out about the effects of mass psychosis due to COVID anxieties. I don't know what you think about that. Um, maybe you're going through it right now. 
I mean, COVID has really, uh, you know, the numbers are staggering. And maybe I'll share a few of those with you. But, you know, we're seeing what's happening with anxiety rates. We're seeing what's happening with child development. We're seeing what's happening with suicide. And we know what's happening, too, just in terms of, you know, the loss of jobs, unemployment. I mean, uh, for the last, what, two years now, probably a little bit more than that, our country, not just our country, really the whole world has been dealing with the fallout from this COVID-19 pandemic. I, I saw a report from Johns Hopkins University. It's uh, The number that they had, they said there's been more than 800,000 deaths attributed to COVID in our country alone. 800,000 Americans. Staggering number when you look at it that way, right? I mean, I don't, I don't often think of it in... in, in you know, I don't look at it through those lens, but worldwide, five and a half million, 5.4 million to be exact. So we've got 6 million cases of it. The number is going to go up. I'm telling you right now, you mark my word. In fact, we'll talk about this coming up in the next uh, next hour as well. We'll take a look at the latest with COVID. But uh, it's causing problems for a lot of people, and it's causing a lot of trauma. I mean, our, our country ground to a halt for a while because people lost their jobs. We've lost family members. We've lost friends. I personally have lost beautiful friends like Father Ubald and so many others we can go through, so many people that God has called home. Father Seraphim was one of those men who died during this COVID pandemic when it infected, you know, the the, the rectory there of all the Marians. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough battle. We, a lot of people spend a long time in a hospital. We just got done praying the chaplain. People are exhausted. They're worrying about the health of those that they love. And this has resulted also in political fights, right? Where we're seeing tremendous division on who's vaccinated, who's not. There's division over mandates. There's, you know, confusion over the vaccine. How do we deal with those? Should you get the shot? Shouldn't you? I mean, it is a time of turmoil. And this has been a cause of ongoing trauma for a lot of people. In fact, it's been ongoing trauma for the entire nation. And how we deal with that trauma I think is something that we you know, we may not want to think about, but all of us in different ways are dealing with it. You might think, ah, oh, it doesn't really affect me. I think it does. Maybe even on a subconscious or unconscious level. It's got to affect the people that you love. I, and, and some of us have learned to deal with it in very healthy ways, uh, make new decisions, adapt. Other people, not so much. And I thought we'd talk about this today. If you're struggling with COVID, if you are dealing with anxiety, if you've lost somebody, if you just think this will never end, you know, you do not see light at the end of the tunnel. I've invited Kathy Linz to join us. She is the president of Gather My Lost Sheep. And uh, she's here to give perspective some and shine some of that light. She works with nonprofits across the U.S. and really throughout the world. She's a you know, been on multiple continents with her message. And, uh, you know, she's she's been engaged in, in in helping the Catholic Church train leaders, the leadership of bishops and priests and laity, uh, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, gatherings on mental health. And, and her book, Trauma-Informed Parishes, Equipping Catholic Leaders, that's going to be coming out in the spring. Um, but it's great to have her here with us. You can follow her online. She's got a Facebook page. And her uh, Facebook page is Gather My Lost Sheep. You can learn a little bit more there. Uh, Kathy, good to have you with me today. Thank you for your work. I know how needed it is. Oh, thank you, Drew, for uh, having the opportunity to talk. Yeah, I, you know, this is something that I, you know, I know people are dealing with. Uh, not everybody recognizes it. There's a lot of trauma. I just prayed the chapel to Divine Mercy on the air, and 
you know, I had several calls of people who have loved ones, you know, in, in the hospital or somebody else who has just lost a loved one through death. Uh, let, let's define terms so everybody knows what we're talking about. And then let's, let's talk about this. I mean, you use the word trauma. Uh, people think of trauma units, things along those. Lines. What exactly is trauma? And you call this a collective trauma. Uh, and so I, I'd love you to unpack that as well. What does that mean? Well, in trauma in the first place, and honestly, I think the thing that people also have to consider is that we've been having high numbers of trauma before COVID ever came, and this has just exasperated things even beyond that. Mm-hmm. And when I say we've been dealing with this, when they look at the numbers before COVID ever came and they had the statistical numbers, 70% of U.S. adults have experienced some kind of tra- traumatic event at least once in their lives. And in those cases, when they're talking about traumatic events, things that were so threatening to their person that it might cause death, serious harm, or the fact that they actually witnessed someone else going through that, that falls into the realm of having experienced a traumatic experience. So in, in, in one particular slide I looked at, I say, I talked about how it's really horror frozen in memory. Um, and that body at that point, it causes changes to the body and the brain of what's happening at that point, particularly depending on what point in their life it happened. You're talking earlier about the children and how children have been impacted in all of this. Again, some of the key research that's been done with the adverse childhood experiences, yeah. which has really been the foundational research that's been done, talked about how commonplace adverse childhood experiences have been. And again, now that we're stepping into this, it just becomes more compounded. Well, Kathy, hang on a second. I have to take a short pause here. When we come back, uh, we can talk much more. We'll unpack this. And and if you're going through a difficult time, maybe you suffered abuse or some sort of traumatic event in your life, there is healing and there is help and there is hope. Uh, Kathy Lynn's and I will uh, answer a few of your questions. If you want to get in, the number is 888-914-9149. Trying to help you deal with trauma today, especially as a result of, uh, of COVID and more. I'll be back. Stay with me. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com. Slash Forrester. Well, thanks for joining me. It's good to be with you today. And uh, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the latest with COVID-19. It is spreading like wild fire. And I know um, it is having... Uh, some mild effects on some, and it is sending others to the hospital. And there's a lot of news breaking with that. I'll get you up to speed on it. But also, I know a lot of people are dealing with the trauma of what COVID has brought about. You know, we've been dealing with this for two years, practically, right? It's uh, it's it's been it's it's been impacting people every in every way, from economics, you know, from their finances, um, to their loved ones, you know, to the loss of health, loss of life. Um, we see suicide rates on the rise, anxiety levels on the increase. Um, it's a difficult time. If you're going through those times and you, you just want a little direction, you want some insight, I'm, I'm joined today by Kathy Linz. 
Uh, she's helping the Catholic Church deal with these issues. Um, she's just coming out with a new book on trauma, actually, uh, in the in the spring. We'll get you up to speed on that. But uh, a friend of mine recommended me, uh, recommended her to me. and says, look, you're going to love her. And so I invited her to stop by today, and we're taking a look at trauma, collective trauma. Everyone is dealing with it and uh, on one degree or another. And Kathy, it's good to have you back here with me. You know, I was going over some of your material, and, and you cite that there's a huge you know, productivity increase from people working at home. And you wonder if that's because people are just trying to fill the day and avoid dealing with anxiety and depression that, that accompanies isolation and stress. Um, I, I wonder about that because I often think sometimes work can be a really good thing. You know, filling up your day, you know, can somehow, I don't know, give you a purpose, maybe help you to avoid, um, you know, that, that sense of isolation, if you will. Maybe expand on that. What are you seeing there? Because, I mean, the, the work model, the lockdown, uh, the loss of business um, and, and interaction has really, I think, had some huge impact. But uh, give me your, your analysis if you could. Really, a part of it, when you're, you're talking about the work level, it's recognizing doing too much of it, doing, to uh, just avoid feeling these anxious feelings that we have. That's where people can get awry in it. It becomes like a workaholic so that I don't have to feel. I'm so busy with my busy that I'm no longer living and connecting with others and doing some of the other things that are actually going to help sustain me as I go forward. Right. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the people, their tendency to keep working, keep right. trying to avoid uh, some of the, just some of those feelings. And yeah. that, you know, backfires on us. It, it's, it means that we don't have that connection. And as you were, I was listening to the uh, Divine Mercy uh, conversation, the chaplet with Chapel. you, and really just, you know, listen to some of the things that they were saying and, you know, wanting so much to be in connection with others, to, to have that at this moment. And for so many people, they're losing that personal contact. They can't even be with their loved ones at this time when they're sick. So many times um, over this period, there were people who lost spouses, who lost children, who lost siblings, and they had to have restricted funerals because they couldn't be there with them. And I think that's been, you know, incredibly hard and painful for folks. And again, it just adds to the angst that people feel. Yeah, how true. So what do we do? I, I, I want to grab a few calls, too. There's several people who want to speak to you. But be, what, what do you do if, if people are dealing with this trauma, this disconnect, they're seeing those anxiety levels rise, um, life is not what it used to be, and they don't see any way out of it. What are the strategies to to kind of get back on your feet and to once again see and think clearly. Part of it goes back to helping people, particularly people who have already had mental health challenges. For some of them, this has just made things that much worse. Um, when you were talking about like people who have lost their jobs, if you're somebody who already was struggling with mental health, losing that pillar that sense of self, the economic component of it can just cause a spiral of then losing your housing, losing your um, support system because you 
or no longer able to use the coping mechanisms that you normally have learned as you've gone through recovery and and therapy. And the biggest thing we can do at that moment, because I've had people literally say to me, well, they need more therapy. And I'm like, no, no, actually what they most need is help to stabilize again, helping them to build back those pillars that they had, because once they can build that sustainability, that stability, they can then go back to their coping mechanisms, be able to do some of the things that they've done before. Because at this point, once we get into trauma, the way that trauma affects the brain is it causes us to think everything is dangerous. The world is dangerous. Other people might be dangerous. You know, what if they're not taking care of the things that they should for COVID? What if they're not? And in that fearfulness, what we most need is help to feel safe again. So it's making sure that we're there for one another and and sometimes, you know, giving people a little bit of space if they need it, but to say, what can I do at this moment that'll help this person feel safe? You know, that's the biggest thing. And I was listening to with the, uh, some of the kids that they were talking about and just thinking to myself, that's that same kind of thing because kids look to us as the adults. And if we're fearful, that just impacts them just, you know, that much more. So it becomes the, how can I help them come back to a place of safety to have something else that they enjoy that they can think about that will help them start to regulate and help regulate that emotional component? Well, let's do this. I have a couple minutes. Let's grab a call or two. If you want to join us, 888-914-9149. Uh, Jackie is listening to us in California, Grand Terrace, California. Hi, Jackie. Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, she's describing me to a T. Um, that's what happened to me after COVID. But before COVID, I had lost my dad, um, and, I, and then I lost my husband, and then I got COVID. And I ended up with a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. I stopped working. I stopped driving. I stopped eating. I stopped doing everything. And it's just now that I'm starting to come back. Um, I'm back to work. But I had to do a lot of, um, I did do therapy because the doctors don't take you seriously. They're like, oh, no, you've been sick like this all your life or it's anxiety. It'll go away. No, I am still afraid of everything. Everything scares me. Supplements, um, going out, anything. Other people, like like the doctor mentioned, um, that may not be watching themselves for COVID. Um, I'm afraid of everything, but I am getting better. I'm starting to. I, I do meditation, a lot of prayer, and um, and I also did seek help, mm-hmm. and um, I did get a good therapist who did um, diagnose me with um, COVID post-traumatic stress syndrome. Wow. Uh, Jackie, thank you for your call. I, so that is a real thing, doctor, huh? COVID post-traumatic stress syndrome, COVID. P- How many people are suffering from that right now? Do you have any any idea? I do not know that part of it. I have to admit, I am someone who lives with uh, PTSD. So I come to this conversation really making sure that I try to say, as the church, what can we do to help support people right. who are going through this type of struggle? Um, so. But I think that, you know, what they were pointing to, I mean, that, that that fear of everyone. And because we get fearful, we start to draw back. And one of the things that's just so true is that healing 
happens in relationship. Yeah. Healing happens with connections. And so what we most need is to help recreate some of these connections as we go forward. And so often I've heard people in the church say, well, you know, you call me if you need something. And I have to tell you that if we're counting on people who are already struggling to reach out to us, they're never going to call and this isn't going to get better. Yeah, that's right. So it becomes a point of how can we be proactive yeah. to check on people, to check in and make sure that, that people are, you know, someone is checking yeah. to see how they're doing. How are they feeling? So, Kathy, you, you are suffering from PTSD. Uh, what, do you mind sharing that? What is the origins of your post-traumatic stress disorder? Uh, it comes from, uh, actually, from childhood abuse. Um, I'm an adult survivor of years of childhood abuse, and I, uh, in the process, I had to work through, come to that, uh, that point of recovery of working through how best to acknowledge what happened. And, and sometimes people are like, well, they'll say to you, why can't you just let that go? Why can't you just bury it? Why can't you... And one of the things I always chuckle at when they said that was, you act like I'm hanging on to it. Yeah, right. It's hanging on to me. It's, har- it's a terrible thing to say. Horrible. Well, let's do this. Let me go. Christian is listening to us in Portland, Maine, and he's, he went through 9-11. He was in New York City. Uh, I want to get him on the air. Let's hear what he had. He must have suffered from some trauma as well. Christian, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Yes, um, the first thing I thought when 2020 and COVID hit was how similar it was to the 9-11 experience I had in New York City uh, psychologically. And uh, I noticed when I was there during 9-11, uh, people outside of New York didn't experience it the same way I did and uh, weren't seem- seemingly as impacted. And when, when COVID hit, I thought how interesting that it was a global now 9-11 in a sense uh, psychologically, and now everyone is going to have to go through what I went through. That's how it felt, especially in the mar- in the shopping markets, the psychology there. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think this goes into like basically, I was in the world and of the world at, at that time, and and you know, I think this is a spiritual battle we're in, but it's a, it's an expression of a godlessness that has crept into society. You know, the Orthodox say so God true. creates and sustains everything and the sustaining part is god's light and if we turn from that light then the darkness creeps in in so many ways that we don't see the patterns often right away and uh and so for me the comfort that that i've found and and living with as what i thought was a potentially deadly situation because i was having heart heart problems and other issues with my health right after that uh, for, for a few couple of years, um, turning to God and, and asking God to comfort me was so huge, and is so huge even today. Uh, any anxiety, God, God does not give us a spirit of fear. Amen. That is not from God. And I think we have to, we have to, you know, people need to to get this light back in God's light. And the only way to do that is to turn to Him, and. We can ha- we can turn this all around. Evil can shrivel like like dew on, on the grass in the in the morning sun. Amen to that, Christian. I got to hold you right there, brother. Thank you for your call and for those words of encouragement and direction. I think you are spot on, uh, Kathy. My gratitude to you too. I have to leave it right there because I'm up against what we call in the business a hard break. So I will get clipped. 
if I don't wrap it. People can check you out, of course, at uh, Facebook and just go to Gather My Lost Sheep. That's her Facebook page. My thanks to Kathy Lenz. Stay with me. I'll be back right after this.